You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. ISIS-affiliated hackers deface UK National Health Services sites with propaganda. Turkish Islamists DDoS Austria's parliament. Poorly crafted but troubling Mac malware seems linked to Iran. Criminals follow the money into the cloud. Malwarebytes picks up Saferbytes and Sophos buys Invincia. And the author and purveyor of the Dendroid Rat gets probation. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, February 8th, 2017. The Independent has reported that a number of national health services sites in the UK have for the last three weeks been targeted by ISIS-adhering hackers belonging to the Tunisian Falagu team. The most visible aspect of the attack involved website defacements with images of violence in Syria and a demand for an end to Western aggression. Patient information may have been exposed in the course of the hacks, but so far at least, such information seems not to have been compromised. The Cabinet Office believes the coordinated attack is a serious one, more serious than earlier defacement campaigns. In part, this is due to the choice of target. The National Health Service, after all, affects essentially everyone in the UK. Various NHS trusts have sustained a number of successful attacks over the past year, many of them criminal ransomware incidents, but this coordinated defacement campaign suggests a more disturbing class of threat. Still, NHS has proven a relatively soft target in the past, and the most recent attacks have little about them to suggest a significant increase in ISIS cyber capability. Note, for example, the continuing emphasis on information operations as opposed to, say, data theft or destruction. The Tunisian Falaga team is believed to be working in concert with two other ISIS-affiliated groups, Global Islamic Caliphate and Team System DZ. In other ISIS news, captured files suggest the Caliphate is having difficulty keeping its foreign fighters motivated and on task. Iraqi forces seized documents in Mosul last month belonging to ISIS's Tariq bin Ziyad battalion. Of interest are the effect anti-ISIS military operations seem to be having on foreign fighters in particular, an expressed desire to return home, mostly to France and Belgium, and the apparent requirement ISIS has that fighters claiming to be too sick or injured to fight submit a doctor's note. A different Islamic hacking group, this one of a Turkish nationalist as opposed to an ISIS bent, briefly disrupted access to the Austrian parliament's website over the weekend. The distributed denial-of-service attack was mounted by the Lion Soldiers Team, known by its Turkish acronym ANT for Aslan Naferler Team. ANT was reacting to Austria's move to block Turkish secession to the EU in the wake of President Erdogan's crackdown on dissent in Turkey after an abortive Kemalist coup d'etat last year. A quick rundown of some upcoming events. Of course, if you're planning to be at RSA next week, visit our event sponsor, E8 Security. They're having a book signing and a cocktail party with author Gary Hayslip. And be sure to drop by event sponsor Deep Instincts booth as well. They're in the North Hall at 4805 and see what they can do for you. In Fulton, Maryland, on February 26th, join event sponsor Data Tribe in the Startup Crucible for their Hacking the Home contest. And on the 1st of March, check out the Cybersecurity Summit in Denver as they offer their Senior Executive Security Conference. We've got a full listing of events on our website, thecyberwire.com. 
We've been following Fancy Bear and Cozy Bear for a long time now. It's time to note the appearance of a new bad animal in the menagerie, and this one's not even Russian, still less a bear. Think of it as a Persian cat. It's being called Charming Kitten, and it's a threat group thought to be connected to Iranian security companies. Charming Kitten is unusual in that it appears to be focusing on Mac malware. Early reports suggest the malware, called Mac Downloader and designed to steal passwords from the Mac keychain, is poorly crafted. It poses, sort of, as a malware removal tool, kind of, but its come-on is poorly written and badly proofread, and thus unlikely to be plausible. Its more recent appearances have been in devices used by critics of Iran's human rights records. Such critics in Iran tend to favor Macs for their presumed security advantages. But it's also appeared in phishing and watering hole incidents involving a bogus United Technologies website that offers equally bogus professional development courses to employees of Lockheed Martin, Boeing, and Raytheon. So inept as the initial come-on may have been, Charming Kitten will bear watching. Reports suggest that Charming Kitten and Flying Kitten, another Persian cat, may have their claws out as much for U.S. defense and aerospace companies as they do for Iranian dissidents. An unknown state-sponsored group, possibly though not certainly Russian, used word macros to distribute a maliciously doctored version of a Carnegie Endowment report on the implications of U.S. President Trump's election. Fish Labs has taken a look at last year's phishing schemes and noticed a trend. Criminals are increasingly going after data held in cloud services. We heard from Tim Erlin, Tripwire's senior director of IT security and risk strategy, who thinks we shouldn't be surprised. Thieves go for value, as we've known since Willie Sutton explained why he robs banks. As Erlin says, quote, storing your data in the cloud doesn't magically protect it, end quote. We can expect criminals to subvert whatever protections are in place, whether those are in a traditional enterprise setup or in a modern cloud. There's some news on mergers and acquisitions. Salient CRGT has announced its acquisition of Information Innovators, Inc., commonly known as Triple I. Salient, which includes security among its offerings, sees IIII's expertise in the federal mission space, particularly the healthcare space, as complementary to its existing capabilities. Malwarebytes has also made an acquisition, Italian firm Saferbytes, specialists in anti-malware, anti-exploit, anti-rootkit, cloud AV, and sandboxing. Malwarebytes sees the acquisition as enhancing its threat feed and enterprise remediation offerings. In the largest bit of M&A news, Sophos has announced its agreement to buy Invincia for a $100 million cash consideration with a $20 million earnout. Sophos intends to integrate Invincia's machine learning and malware detection technology into its endpoint protection offerings. And finally, returning to crime and punishment, Pittsburgher Morgan C. Culbertson, now 21, arrested in July 2015 during the FBI's takedown of the Dark Code Hacking Forum, has been sentenced after his guilty plea in charges related to his authorship of the Dendroid Remote Access Trojan. Culbertson, who seems destined to be known forever as a former FireEye intern, which seems really unfair to FireEye, who after all did nothing worse than offer a kid a break, got off very lightly, three years probation and 300 hours community service. He could have faced 10 years in club fed. Not all youths are so lucky. Get scared straight, kids. This really is a permanent record, even if you get the no-jail-time Mr. Culbertson received. There are teenagers doing time for cybercrime. 
and they serve that time in a real prison, not something constructed in Minecraft. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use. With zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. Joining me once again is Rick Howard. He's the CSO at Palo Alto Networks. He also heads up their Unit 42 Threat Intel team. Rick, uh, welcome back. I know today uh, you wanted to, uh, well, you wanted to talk about something called adversary playbooks. Uh, that's new to me. What are we talking about here? Well, uh, it's good to be back again, David. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about adversary playbooks, kind of a new idea that we're pushing. Uh, when cyber adversaries attack their victims' networks, they leave clues behind in their wake, sort of telltale signs that they have been there. And we all know what these are. They're called indicators of compromise. Network defenders, our community, have been sharing these things for years, but, you know, that really hasn't worked that well. I mean, we share them by the gazillions, but the bad guys still seem to get in. What we have found more useful to share is entire adversary playbooks. Now, to understand what an adversary playbook is, let me throw a sports analogy at you. Okay? Oh, goody. <laughs> <laughs> so, in American football, okay, both teams come to the game with an offensive and defensive playbook. Okay, Plays that they have practiced to get ready for the game on both sides of the football. Now, it's the same in our community in cyberspace. Okay, we're used to hearing about how network defenders, guys like us, okay, uh, we have playbooks within our own organization. Okay, that describe how an InfoSec team responds to an ongoing incident. And, you know, we reach for the playbook and we know what to do. But on the other side of the football, so to speak, the adversary has a playbook too. We know that cyber adversaries don't freelance their attacks on the fly for every new victim. They don't come out, oh, how am I going to do it today? Let me try something completely different. They rerun the same tools over and over again down the cyber kill chain from delivery to compromise to establishing the command and control channel to moving lateral into ultimately exfiltrating data or destroying it. Everything that adversary does down the cyber kill chain is their playbook. So the idea then is for network defenders to share everything we know about a specific playbook so that we can deploy prevention and detection controls at every stage of the cyber kill chain. So when we're just blocking just one indicator of compromise, you have a chance to stop the bad guy, okay. But if you are blocking at every stage of the kill chain, you exponentially increase your chances for stopping the bad guy because even if the adversaries find their way around one of your blocks, 
they will immediately run into another one at the next stage. You buying any of those? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I imagine you know we're looking for patterns in the playbooks, looking for you know part pieces of playbooks that might be passed around, that sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah, we might uh, Unifor two. We might know like three pieces of a playbook, and we share it with another security vendor. They might know the same three, but might know two others. So now together we have a better, more mature, more robust idea of the complete playbook. And the idea then is to share it among everybody, so we have the most complete playbook there is. So that we can get it to everybody so they can deploy those prevention controls. So is there a mechanism for, for sharing? Well, that's what's what everybody's playing with right now. Um, and how do we do that uh, efficiently? There's a couple of models out there. Okay, There is the platform play, which is what all firewall vendors do. Uh, there is a third-party vendor play, which is some third party does it for you. Um, I've talked to you before about the Cyber Threat Alliance, uh, a group of cybersecurity vendors who have uh, decided to share playbooks amongst themselves so we can uh, help our collective customers uh, be better protected. So we are moving in that direction. The playbook idea is a relatively new idea, though. Good information as always. Rick Howard, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the CyberWire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Listeners, we're always looking for ways to improve the N2K CyberWire network and maintain the intelligence-driven news experience that keeps you in the know on the latest developments in cybersecurity. We've launched our 2024 audience survey and would love for you to take a few minutes to share your feedback. And hey, there's even a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card if you complete the survey. Visit cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com slash survey and share your feedback now. And now a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Oh,